Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig, and we are back with another somewhat random topic. Um, one of my goals in presenting these different topics is, or it's a couple goals. Some of them are just to explore fun and weird and wacky stuff. Um, I enjoy that. I've had a lot of that in my life. Um, and there's much more to come. Um, some of it is things that we take for granted or kind of a best practices for life or whatever you want to call it. And um, I think today's topic is probably falls more in that category. Um, but I do have some uh, fun things that are also going to be coming up here in the future. Um, we're going to be talking about the secrets of the universe, probably over the course of several shows. Um, I taught a series years ago, probably, gosh, at least 15 years ago, if not a little more than that, um, called The Secrets to Understand... Or, what was it called? Seven, seven keys to understanding the secrets of the universe. And uh, I've been wanting to revisit that topic for quite a while. And so this would be the perfect platform to do that. We've actually already explored some of it. I just didn't kind of point it out. But anyway, um, that's something that we're going to be exploring. Um, Frank is going to be coming back either next week or the following week. Um, to talk more about paranormal investigation and getting down into using some of the tools. Uh, so he's going to be a recurring guest. Um, I just talked with him on Friday about that, and uh, he's really excited to come back. And um, I'm working on some other guests as well. So uh, we're going to be, this is not a short-term thing. We're going to keep going with it, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh Today, if you saw the email or the post in Facebook group, we're going to be talking about gender bias. And I wanted to talk about this, A, because I think it's important, and B, because my view on it might not be what you think. Um, uh, we see a lot of it, especially in this day and age. Uh, just the points of view are crazier than I've ever seen. And, uh, but I've also really noticed it over the years. Um, in pretty much every kind of venue. Um, it's interesting to me, I haven't checked since we got started, but right before we went live, the audience was split 50-50 men and women, which I thought was very interesting and cool. Um, but one of the things that I've discovered, um, and you probably have seen it as well, in one form or another, and that is the good old boys club where, you know, it seems like all the leaders in a genre, or at least all of the advertised leaders, um, regardless whether you're talking about church or business or whatever the case may be, um, typically you see more men than women. And there's some interesting perceptions around all of that. And so I just want to kind of talk about some of my own personal points of view and experiences uh, that I've seen in gender bias and bias by bias. I'm not just referring to, um, to how men seem to be more dominant than women. I mean, there's certainly a lot of biases toward women, but there's actually biases toward men as well. Um, 
And um, my view is pretty down the middle of the road, and I'll explain why here in just a moment. Uh, several years ago, well, actually, before I get into that story, uh, one of my goals here, uh, and one of the things we need to recognize as human beings, male or female, is that our goal is to evolve spiritually. If we have any hope of saving this planet and really moving forward as the human race in a significant way, there are changes that we need to to make. There are um, belief systems and strategies that we need to embrace or get serious about um, that increases our uh, vibrational level, that raises our consciousness as a people. And, you know, they may sound like, you know, new age buzzwords, but the reality is we're called to love one another and to walk in a level of grace, mercy, and gratitude. Okay. And we can't do that and still have these uh, crazy views toward each other. You know, I'm better than you or whatever the case may be. Um, it's just silly, you know. It's silly to think that we view somebody who has a different color of skin than us as less than. Like, that's just ridiculous. You know, we're all humans. And uh, if anything, you know, the variety just reveals the creativity that exists within our race. But we're not talking about that today. But still, a very significant uh, topic that we're going to be uh, covering some today. So that said, um, it's a very important subject to me because I see a lot of bias uh, when it comes to this. And there's a lot of really strange and odd, I don't want to use the word attacks, but there's just, because I don't think that's the right word, but just some really interesting, different um, points of view that are arising today. I'll, I guess that's a good phrase. So anyway, um, my own personal experience. So uh, I've been married twice. Kristen is my second wife. Um, my first wife and I were married uh, for 21 years. And um, she is the mother of my kids. And uh, we had a nonprofit together um, that focused on reconciliation issues with Native American people uh, called Healing the Land. And um, we started that in 2001, I guess, is when we got started with that. And did it for several years. And one of the things that I saw that really annoyed me pretty early on was the dynamics that happened um, with um, my ex-wife, Deborah, and myself regarding uh, gender roles. And uh, in the Native American community, of course, um, there are certain biases as well, just like there are anywhere else. But the women are respected. And so uh, much more so, I think, than what we've seen in other cultures. And uh, as a matter of fact, the Cherokee, which, you know, part of my family heritage comes from the Cherokee, uh, it's a matrilineal society. And so as a result, you know, the women are the ones who kind of call the shots. And even back when 
you know, America was much younger and before America was even a thing, you know, the English would come over and try to set up treaties with the Cherokee and uh, would want to meet with the leadership. And so the Cherokee would send out the women because, you know, they were the ones that led the clans. Um, and the English, because they're very maternal based, you know, the men are in charge, uh, were insulted by that because, you know, they thought that the Cherokee were mocking them by sending women. And so they refused to deal with the women um, and wanted to deal with men. And uh, so bias has been around for a really long time for any number of reasons. Um, and uh, mostly because of a perception, you know, that men are stronger, therefore we're superior, which is utter bullshit. Uh, but, you know, people tend to believe that. And, and so um, I always appreciated, like, even present day when we would be in powwows or dance a powwows, uh, those kinds of things, that whenever the women went out to dance, the men would line around the outside of the circle, at least at the powwows we went to, uh, as a way of respecting the women as they danced their dances. And... Um, of course, the women were seen as the healers and, you know, every, each person or each gender, if you will, had their roles, you know, that they played. And, uh, and I think that, you know, roles is where some of the bias can come from. Um, you know, like, well, I'm a man, therefore I'm a hunter. You're a woman, therefore you are a healer. You know, that kind of, those kind of definitions. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of definitions like that these days, but they have always existed in one form or another, right or wrong. Now, uh, one of the things that I really started to notice that really bothered me a lot was um, whenever we would do uh, presentations in churches, which we did quite a few, more times than not, um, those churches were uh, led by men. Matter of fact, most of them. And I'm not here to diss the church. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just telling you what we experienced. And I remember one time specifically where um, Deborah and I were at this church. I think it was in New Jersey or New York, one of those two. And what was really interesting to me is that they claim to have a very open policy regarding women and leadership and stuff like that. But whenever my ex-wife would ask a question of the pastor, he would answer me. So he would look at her to get the question, but then he would answer me. Um, the I you know eye contact body language is very very obvious, and. Um, you know me, I'm not one to put up with crap like that. I mean, I just am not. And so I called him out on it. And um, he said that, oh, no, that's not what I was doing at all. And <laughs> and I basically flat out said, yeah, you were. You know, whether you see it or not, believe it or not, it's exactly what you were doing. And so I just made the change right there because we were doing a presentation and it's like, Deborah, you're up. You're doing the whole presentation yourself. Just because, you know, my view has always been um, 
of seeing women as equals. You know, I'm not better. I love women, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I'm not more than they are, you know, uh, different, of course, uh, at the very least, based on plumbing. But um, I, you know, I grew up in a family of strong women. My, my mom was strong. My grandmother, my great-grandmother, um, actually on both sides of my family, were very strong women. And, you know, I appreciate a strong woman as well. But uh, understand that each of us are unique. You know, we are each, whether man or woman, we are each a unique expression of humanity, which is one of the awesome things about us, you know, is that we can be unique. And so because of stereotypes, very often certain kinds of things are frowned on, you know, like men shouldn't cry uh, because that's a sign of weakness, which is also bullshit. Um you know, or a man who who wants to dance is automatically gay. Um, you know, uh, women who want to lift weights or do a quote-unquote man's job is obviously a lesbian or there's something wrong with her. And that kind of bias really has to be one of the most annoying, low-level thought types of opinions that you could ever possibly have. I mean, to view a woman like that, oh, well, you can't tell me what to do, or, you know, you you need to uh, stay barefoot and pregnant, or you're the woman, so it's your job to clean the bathrooms and cook the food. Uh, to me, that's one of the most immature perspectives you could ever have. You need to grow the hell up, in my opinion, if that's how you think. Because the reality is there's things that women can do that men can't. There's things that men can do that perhaps women can't. Um, and uh, if we're ever going to grow as a species, we need to recognize that we need each other, you know, uh, on an equal level. And, uh, and so I've seen it over and over and over again. It just happens. It happens with Kristen and I all the time where we'll be in meetings and, you know, she'll say something like she could say something that's spot on and won't even be acknowledged. I could repeat the exact same thing that she just said. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's right on spot on, you know, whatever. And, you know, Kristen isn't afraid of expressing herself. I mean, she's very straightforward and I admire that. She's a strong woman. And I appreciate that. I mean, hell, she wrote Ask Economics as a book, which if you haven't read yet, you really need to. It will kick your ass. That's the point. Um, you know, people are so in love with their excuses that, you know, there's times where we all need a good ass kicking. Um, and she's a good one to do it. And then whenever she starts to struggle, I kick her ass. So it's not like... I have an exclusive where she does. We take turns, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I think we work so well together. Um, but anyway, and, and let me just say, um, with perceived gender roles, um, so I have two daughters. I never had a son. And i um, not quite sure how that would have gone. I mean, we tried. My wife actually had a son or had was carrying a boy and she miscarried. Um 
But in raising two daughters, it's really interesting to me to see how different they are. You know, my oldest daughter, Ashley, is very um, much outspoken, very hands-on, can-do kind of gal. Um, My youngest daughter, Courtney, loves to be a mom and all that comes around with that. And not that Ashley doesn't enjoy being a mom. She does. But um, there are, like, Courtney was always, like, fairy tale princess kind of thing. Um, and Ashley was more like Ninja Warrior, <laughs> you know. Uh, so they're very different in a lot of respects. And how they approach uh, family and day-to-day and all of that is pretty different. But that doesn't make one stronger than the other. You know, it doesn't make one weaker than the other. Um, They're just strengths in different ways. And I think it's high time that we recognize that. And the same is true with men. You know, men are often pigeonholed into these specific roles that may or may not make sense. You know, like... uh, you know, art is for wussies, you know? (laughs) So the idea of a man artist, you know, unless it's some kind of manly art, like, you know, building shit out of welding and steel and stuff, um, that's a manly art, you know, but if you want to paint or you want to dance or you want to recite poetry or something, or, you know, act on stage or something in a play, well, then, you know, you're being a wussy. And (laughs) it's just... Think about it. It's just so crazy to think, you know, to have those kind of opinions. And I don't know. To me, it's crazy. It makes zero sense to me at all. Um, it And if a woman wants to, you know, go all natural, no makeup, I don't care. If she wants to doll herself up and use makeup, I don't care either. Unless the whole purpose of her wearing makeup is because men expect it. That's when I start to have a problem. And I've known women who are like that, but I have no issue with wearing makeup or not wearing makeup. Um, If a woman or a man is confident in who they are as a person and love themselves for who they are as a person, that's really our goal. You know, whether we're men or women, we need to love ourselves for who we are in a very clear Sense. I'm not talking about convoluted things that uh, come as a result of um, skewed belief systems or abuse that we've endured or those kinds of things. I mean, of course, those situations are real. But um, to have to live up to a projected role, like if you're a woman and you want to be accepted and, and all of that, you have to dress up and be pretty and be skinny and all of that kind of stuff. And if you have a medium body type or you know, a large body type, then no longer, you know, you're minimalized or, you know, pushed to the back of the room. And the same with men, you know, if you're not tall and chiseled chin and, you know, a six pack and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, you're less than. And it's high time that we stop the less than conversations because nobody is less than. Every single person on the planet is unique in some way or form they each have their own element of genius the genius that they carry that or just to make it more personal the genius that you carry um is going to be different than mine so it's not a comparison game it's not a size matters game 
It's not a pissing contest to see who's better or worse. It's acknowledging that each of us are a piece of a much larger puzzle and that we need each other, regardless of gender, regardless of color, regardless, honestly, even of belief systems. You know, so this notion that we tend to do as human beings of separating one another based on gender, based on color, based on belief, based on geographic location, based on body type, food types that we eat. I mean, it's so ridiculous that it's holding us back as a species. I mean, it really is. You know, I watch my cats. I learn a lot from nature. And I watch my cats play. And, and you know, for the most part, um, you know, cats may, if you have multiple cats, they may fight against one another, um, you know, based on I was here first or whatever. But most of the time, you're not going to see, you know, oh, you're a boy, so you're not allowed to be here. Oh, you're, you know, a tabby cat and I'm a Russian blue. So therefore, you know, I don't want you to be around. They don't really care. Uh, And what I found in watching the animal kingdom is for the most part, I mean, you have a different hierarchical structure where, you know, if you put a tiger in the room with a rabbit, it may not go well for the rabbit. But uh, whenever you reduce animals down to their baby form uh, and even older sometimes, even that goes out the window. You know, you've probably all seen the videos of, um, you know, cute baby animals playing with each other that are unlikely pairings, you know, like a dog playing with bears and tigers and all that kind of stuff, little baby tigers. Uh, And the same is true with children, you know. We look at children whenever they play, um, especially whenever they're younger. They don't care if you're a boy or a girl. They don't care if you're black, yellow, or white. They don't care. You know, they're just kids. You know, we teach them those things. They learn those things from observing us. And that's unfortunate. Like, I wonder what would happen if we raised the generation of children who grew up not feeling entitled, like this current generation that we seem to be dealing with, but rather on an equal level, that they see everyone the same. Uh, but unique, unique gifts, unique calling, unique perspective. And that each of those unique qualities doesn't make one better or worse. It just makes them unique. Okay. I wonder what would happen if we lived in a world like that. We would probably evolve much quicker as a human race. But factor into the notion of the need to control Uh, the need to create fear and divisiveness and um, those kinds of dynamics. Uh, All of a sudden, gender bias, uh, since we're specifically talking about that, makes sense. You know, you want to keep a, a group of people weak, attack the family. Attack gender roles. And we see it all the time in the news. And 
I don't want to really get into the lesbian gay argument or discussion or anything like that. Um, because I don't think it's necessary to go there, but there are some, some basic tenets that I think we have to consider. Okay. Um, separating out beliefs and emotions for a moment. Okay. So let's just set those two ideas aside, belief and emotion, set it aside and look at the basics, you know, Biologically, men are different from women. If we want to reproduce, we kind of need both in some form or another. Now, granted, um, we can grow babies in vitro or, you know, use in vitro. We can uh, do a lot of different things these days. But at the end of the day, you still need an egg. You still need a sperm. They have to fertilize it and grow. Um, One comes from a woman. One comes from a man. I mean, it's biologically science. You know, there's no getting around it. So, like, to me, my opinion, somebody who claims to be transgender, it doesn't work that way from a biology perspective. You know what I mean? There's no trans anything. You're either female or male. You either have ovaries or testicles. You either have a vagina or a penis. I mean, it's like, You can't have your cake and eat it too. It don't go both ways. That's not an opinion of, you know, straight versus gay or anything else. That's called biology. It's called science, you know. Um, Now, beyond that, lifestyle choice, that's a completely different conversation that has no bearing on what I'm talking about today. Okay. Um, You know, lifestyle choice is that. And there's a lot of different reasons for why that happens. It's always existed. As long as humans have been around, it's existed. And so I'm not here to even go there because we see gender bias even within that conversation. Um, Men versus women. My goal here in our conversation today is to just point out the fact that if we're going to act like mature human beings, we need to recognize that this gender bias thing has to go, you know, um, and men, uh, those of you who are here today, I'm sorry, but you're not superior to women any more than women are superior to men. You may be able to do things that women can't do, Trust me, they can do things men can't do. I mean, you know, you often hear women talk about, you know, if men had to be the ones to raise the babies, our race would die out. Or to have babies, our race would die out. And there's probably an element of truth to that. (laughs) Um, There is no way in hell I would ever want to endure that. Um, But biology, whenever you talk about it, I mean, very often men do have the ability to grow bigger muscles than women and except in some exceptions. And so naturally we're going to be stronger. So why not, um, for those who it makes sense to do, take our role in being stronger, not to say that we can't have strong women muscular wise. They certainly exist. You know, I've met them, but that doesn't make them less of a woman because they're strong it comes down more to, again, how we view ourselves. You know, are you insecure in who you are as a person compared to someone else? I remember 
years ago, I had a conversation with my, um, with my aunt and, uh, she said she was watching some talk show or something on television. I was talking to her on the phone and she said, you know, it's bad enough whenever you see women who are gorgeous and make you feel ugly. It's like, but whenever, and there was like, I guess it was a show of cross dressers or something. And she's like, but whenever you see a man come on and they look better than you, then you really feel like crap. Well, she has very, very low self-esteem for a number of reasons that don't need to be discussed. Um, and so to me, whenever the bias comes in, in one form or another, most of the time, certainly not all the time, but most of the time, if you really dig into it, there is insecurity there at some level, you know, or uh, a belief uh, based on how you were raised, you know, even if you're raised, I mean, I live here in the U S and I know not everyone here today is in the United States, but, um, like even certain parts of the country that you grow up in, like the South versus the North is a really good example. Um, the views of men versus women are pretty radically different. Um, depending on the area of the country that you live, depending on the culture that you grew up in, you know, men versus women. And um, I, I know that those, you know, old habits can die hard. But my challenge today in this discussion is to consider other points of view. You know, to, to really see, like, I'll give you a real world yesterday kind of example. So, you know... Um, that we have, Kristen and I have two retail stores currently. Um, we're in the planning stages for number three. Um, that'll be for next year. But uh, right now we just have two. And um, the managers of both stores are men. Um, and it's not because they're men. It's because they were the best person for the job. Um, and... Uh, in the toy store, we noticed a trend happening where, you know, we have a regular policy in place uh, with regard to keeping work areas clean and the restrooms and all of that kind of stuff that it's whoever's available needs to do it. Whether you're an associate or manager, it's everybody's job. And at Nerdvana, that plays out really well. Um, it's, they're on it constantly. It's a different team. I mean, we have, we don't have very much crossover in employees a little bit, but not a lot. And so at Nirvana, um, they're on it constantly. Uh, we've never had to say anything. Doesn't matter whether it's the, uh, inventory manager or the store manager or the associates, everyone is always constantly paying attention and taking care of that and making sure it's clean and organized. And I, I appreciate that. At the other store, though, um, we've encountered these um, ideas at times that, you know, whoever the female associate was, that was her job. And uh, where, you know, the guys have to crap just like the women do. And <laughs> yet, 
for them to clean a bathroom seems like it's a challenge. And so we've had to address that. Um, we did yesterday in our employee meeting or our manager meeting. Uh, and to me, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, to, to think that, you know, it's a woman's job to clean a bathroom uh, in a professional environment or at home for that matter. Um, and I, I told them that, uh, in our meeting yesterday, it's one of the things that spawned today's discussion is that, you know, if you, if you think that it's a woman's job to clean up after you, you know, after you've used the bathroom in the kitchen, just like they have. And if you think that it's their job to do that, you need to grow the hell up because it isn't. It's everybody's job. It's everybody's responsibility. The entire team is responsible for making our stores a place that customers want to come back to. And the same is true with our houses. Like, whenever we make breakfast in the morning, Kristen and I, we're both making breakfast. We take turns. Like, if I'm putting bacon on the thing, she's stirring the eggs. If I'm stirring the eggs, she's doing the bacon. We cross over constantly. She'll start it or I'll start it. It isn't like, you know, I wake up in the morning, where the hell's my breakfast woman? You know, she'd probably hit me, first of all, but I don't even think like that. Um, I don't have that expectation of her. We're both busy. We're both professionals. And we're both contributing to our health, to the messiness of our house, whatever the case may be. I mean, we have housekeepers, so neither of us really clean the house. But, um, but still, even when we didn't have housekeepers, uh, we each did our part. And that's the way I've always viewed things. You know, that uh, in a marriage, you're, you're a team, you're equals. Um, we each have our own roles at times, depending. Like Deborah, um, whenever she and I were married, and we started having uh, the girls, I gave her the choice of, uh, you know, that she could choose to do um, with regard to family. Uh, she could choose to work or she could choose to stay home and raise the girls. I supported both. Um, it was her choice. You know, I was like, oh, well, great. We're having kids. So guess what you get to do for the next 12 years, you know, or whatever. Um it wasn't like that at all. But, I mean, we had an intelligent conversation about it and said, you know, if you choose to stay at home, I support that 100%. Um, but just understand that that could mean that I need to work more or, you know, higher hourly wage or whatever, because I haven't always been an entrepreneur. You know, I worked a job just like many of you do um, back then, especially. We didn't have a lot of money. And so that was an understanding that we had. It still created conflict at times because, and, and conflict even within myself, because the way the, the way everything worked out, I was working more, not by choice, but it meant that I didn't get to see my children as much, um, or be there for them as much because we had to make ends meet. And I regret that. Uh, and I'm not one to live in regret. It's, it's more like a acknowledgement regret that I wish I could have changed that, but I couldn't. Um, but I didn't think less of her because she chose to stay home. 
you know, that was a choice that we decided, you know, whatever she chose was fine. And, uh, you know, I see the same thing, like, uh, in the professional workplace, you know, um, it just seems I'm, I'm really trying to pick words carefully in a way that, um, doesn't polarize one way or the other, cause that's not my intent. But, you know, we often see where, uh, you have a man versus a woman working the exact same job and the man makes more. Like, why is that? That makes zero sense to me. Um, and so to me, it's about performance. It's about ability and getting the job done that someone receives a higher pay or whatever for it has nothing to do with what their plumbing is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, whenever you really look at it from a mile high view, uh, gender bias has got to be one of the silliest things I've ever seen in my life or heard of in my life. It just, to me personally, it makes zero sense and we need to move past it. Okay. Um, and, uh, we see it a lot in the news today. I mean, it certainly still exists. Thank God we had enough presence of mind or at least enough people pushing it that, you know, we gave women the right to vote and those kinds of things. But, um, but like that should have never even been an issue. I mean, really think about it. It shouldn't have even been an issue. Um, but I understand also that, uh, some of that is cultural bias. Some of it is spiritual bias or religious bias because men ruled the day and, you know, back 1500, 2000 years ago or more, whenever some of our religions that we follow, uh, really had their foundations, it was mostly men. And uh, some men made the rules, uh, like even scripture. You know, if you go back and read uh, the different councils that met um, and them discussing, you know, what was inspired and what was not inspired, do you notice how most of the books that uh, were women talking kind of obviously were not inspired? <laughs> so they were not included or... Um, books of the Bible that had women in dominant roles other than like Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, well, Jesus kind of needed a mother. So, okay, we'll let that one go. But, uh, you see women in a dominant role in scripture. Those were usually edited because it didn't serve the politicians and the religious leaders at the time to have women in a strong role. Uh, and so there's a lot of things like that that are just ridiculous and crazy. You know, the strong female characters sometimes that you see in the Bible are like hookers and stuff. <laughs> you know, not all of them, obviously. I mean, there is Esther, the book of Esther, and I understand that. And then you have uh, Proverbs that talks about women and such. But for the most part, it's dominantly a male-driven kind of thing. And that was a lot of the culture of the day, which doesn't justify any of it whatsoever we do however see cultural dynamics with men versus women there still are matrilineal societies uh in culture there's still male-driven societies in culture and from my point of view i respect culture but i don't respect bias um and so as a result i think we need to make some changes 
you know, if we're ever going to get to where we really want to be as mature human beings, both male and female, we need to make changes. We need to acknowledge that we need each other equally. So that's my soapbox for the day. Let's see what we got here. Uh, William says, in our drive for equality, we need to be careful not to damage the psychological framework of what it means to be a man psychologically versus what it means to be a woman psychologically. I agree with that 100%. I, honestly, I couldn't have said it any well better. Or any well better. Blah. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better. I don't know where that, you know. I... uh Temporarily tapped into my uh, Pennsylvania hick there or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree 100% because the psychology is different. The physiology is certainly different. You know, there are differences. And I love the uniqueness of it all. You know, the uniqueness that makes men versus women unique. But uh, in observing those unique parts, whether you're talking about psychological or physical or otherwise, um it doesn't make one less than or, or greater than. It just makes them unique. I mean, there definitely is a psychological framework that exists. Men versus women. Women think differently than men. There's a lot of uh, different dynamics that are there. But again, those should never be leveraged as better than or less than at all. Um, it's just what makes us unique. And uh, you're right in that um, those lines especially seem to be blurred very much so today. Um, and it creates a lot of confusion. And unfortunately, a lot of that confusion is being generated based upon um, motivations that aren't necessarily in our best interest. <laughs> Tony says we've got it organized in our house she makes the mess and I clear it up the problems happen when she's faster than me <laughs> that's funny um, whenever um, like I grew up with both mom and dad working and uh, and so mom usually made dinner just because she was a better cook than my dad um, and she speed cooked everything cause you know, they both got off at the same time. Dad got home a little later than her. Um, it was years before I knew that steaks could actually be soft and juicy and cuttable with fork. Um, moms were more of a weapon <laughs> if anything. Um, but when it came to cleaning the house, they were always very equal in that. And, um, uh, in later years after we were, you know, the three of us kids were all gone. Um, my dad actually is the one who cleaned everything. Um, because mom was busy doing other things, you know, she would cook dinner or, um, she had a sewing business, which she still does. And, uh, I mean, dad worked of course in the day, but they just always saw those responsibilities as equal. There never was this competition of, well, 
I'm a man, so I should do this, or you're a woman, so you should do that. I mean, there never was that that I saw, and I'm grateful that I grew up that way. Um, but as a result, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, I grew up just around strong women, and I I love that fact. Um, I remember my uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom. She lived with us for a time when I was maybe 19 or 20, and I'd already started working full-time. But she was almost never there because she would travel all over the place. And uh, I remember this one time she went fishing with some friends, and they were gone for like a week or so. They went salmon fishing, and she comes back, you know, and she's, at that time, she would have been, gosh, mid to late 60s maybe. And, uh, she was excited. You know, I came home from work. She had gotten home that day and she's like, I'm like, Oh, you're back. And she's like, yeah, you got to see the fish I caught. Like she caught several, but this one, she was particularly proud of. And so I said, okay, where is it? And she's like, it's out in the freezer. And we had one of those, um, horizontal freezers out on our porch where we kept meat and stuff. And so I went out there and I, it, Honestly, I'd just gotten home from work and I was excited to see her, but like, take time to go look at a fish. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I loved fishing, but, um, so I remember going out and opening up the freezer and it was a pretty good sized chest freezer. Um, and here's this fish, uh, it was a salmon and it like the head and the tail were cut off. And it was still the length of the entire freezer. I mean, this thing was huge, like massive. It was almost four foot long. You know, I guess probably the fish with its head and tail were at least that. I mean, I don't know where she went to catch it or anything. So I was blown away and she came walking out and I'm like, you caught that? And she's like, oh yeah, of course. Like, how'd you get it in? You know, it was like still this thing of, well, I know you're cool and strong, but like, how'd you get it in? And she's like, well, I reeled it in. It took a while, but you know, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it was just one of those memories of her that sticks out to my mind. And she was always very much that way. But yet, um, I, I would never actually, I guess in thinking about it, I would never really see any of them like my great grandmother or my mother my grandmother any of them as girly girls if you just to use that as a phrase that you might be familiar with um but strong they got done what they what needed to be done and i i don't know if that's because of our heritage or or what i don't know but um it was just something that i have always appreciated not that i have a problem with you know, seeing a, a woman who's dressed to the nines to use a whole, an old colloquialism, uh, but you know, dressed up and attractive and all of that. But that doesn't make me appreciate them more than if they're wearing no makeup and a sweatshirt and jeans or whatever. Like to me, appearance is really secondary, you know? Um, and so that's, Again, that's just me, personal opinion. All right. So um, 
that's all that I have for this show. And we've gone through all the comments and questions. There weren't many. Interesting that only the men commented. Um, I find that kind of curious. Um, but one thing that I'll, I'll say about these shows in general. Um, one of the reasons why I created Nerd Unscripted is because there were a lot of things that I wanted to talk about or discuss or create conversations around that just didn't fit into training courses on publishing or those kinds of things like the courses that I teach and, and all of that. I really love doing that and I, I love those topics and everything. And I think that shows, um, and of course, you know, having retail stores and an e-com store and all of that, like there's a lot of room that I can play, <laughs> so to speak. But there were a lot of other topics and experiences that I wanted to have conversations about that just couldn't, you know, uh, it wasn't appropriate or whatever. And, um, and so that's really why I started the show. And, and I appreciate that the support that I received from you guys uh, coming every week or if you're listening to the replays of the podcast or whatever. I appreciate the feedback, the input, the comments, um, because some of these topics are just fun to talk about, um, you know, like aliens or ghosts or whatever. Some of them are necessary conversations. There are some, some things, it's never my goal um, to be divisive or anything like that, which is why... Um, you know, I'll probably never have a conversation about politics or anything like that because it's a very divisive topic at times. And that's not my goal to be, you know, to separate or, you know, whatever. Everyone is entitled to their own uh, beliefs regarding uh, politicals or political discussion. So, you know, I don't want to talk about those kinds of topics just because, you know, uh, like in our country, you have Democrat and Republican and Libertarian and Lord knows what else. Everyone's entitled to their own points of view. It's when those points of view become malicious um, that I have a problem. And, uh, and that goes for any political belief system. You know, whenever you're trying to put down or manipulate or anything like that, someone else's point of view because you're right and they're obviously idiots that's when i have a problem so i'm not going to be that myself i have my own points of view but i sure as hell am not going to think less of you if you believe opposite of me that's not what we're here in the planet for we have our own opinions we have our own points of view we have our own belief systems that's part of what makes us who we are, part of what makes us unique. Um, it's when we use those to divide, to make less than, or to puff us up and make think that we're all of that in a bag of chips. For me personally, that's when I'm out. Like, that's not even a conversation to me. I'm interested in conversation. Um, you know, there's been a lot of beliefs that I've held in my life that have changed and they're 180 compared to what I used to believe. You know, um, 
And that doesn't mean that my new belief is now 100% it and everyone needs to believe it. I believe 100 my personal belief is that if you want to believe something opposite me, that doesn't make you wrong. It just means that it's your path. And I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I'm just, my goal is to make observations that either are just fun to discuss, you know, um, or personal experience or topics that I uh, believe that can benefit all of us together. You know, I am very much a firm believer of the notion that um, raising the water level benefits all ships. And so that's how I live my life in business, personal, you know, and what we're talking about here. So anyway, um, if there are topics still that you want to discuss that we haven't covered, um, please feel free to mention those in the Facebook group. Um, we can always continue these conversations in the Facebook group. There's a lot of chatter there, but, um, you know, I'd encourage you if you want to continue the conversation, uh, there, whether you're live or listening to the replay, um, I always welcome, you know, your thoughts, um, your ideas and all of that. So anywho, Um, let's see. William says, it just occurred to me that, uh, what might be a play when it comes to addressing equality is that we are stuck in the either or paradigm rather than the more modern, uh, paradigm of, uh, and both in either or there is no equality. You are, or you are not. If we operate in an, and both paradigm, there can be equal. My existence is not uh, threatened by your existence. Yeah, I really like that. That's a great observation. I, I've always um, related more to uh, and both. <laughs> That's very much me. Why, why choose one when you can have both? You know, they say you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, I don't necessarily believe that, but I really appreciate that observation. That's awesome. Uh, Thumper says, thanks. Looking forward to the replay. And, um, Chris says, enjoy the show. Always fun and insightful to listen to you. Thank you, Chris. And, uh, Mark says, I've always felt responsible for all the messes, a notion that my wife has agreed with for the most part because of feeling compelled to take care of everything. I also feel empowered to do it when I want, not as popular a notion. Yeah, it really, like, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and that's, like, that gets into a much, much deeper topic, which we've ta- uh, talked about some on this show, and uh, something that's very real to me on a daily, moment-by-moment basis. And that is what it really means to be us. Um, because I doubt that any of us are true 100% expressions of who we really can be. And, uh, it's something that I'm constantly, um, exploring 
you know, um, uh, and very often I found like for me, I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, I found that, um, uh, it's amazing how many underlying fears there still are within me just because like, it's not a conscious fear thing or anything like that or where I'm keeping myself in check because I don't know how other people respond. Um, like I'm not sitting down thinking, Oh, I better be careful not to talk about this particular subject or topic on nerded scripted or create a course around this or that, because I don't know how people will think, uh, or even more so, um, how I would choose to express myself as a person, you know, through different hobbies or things like that, because, I don't know how people would respond, you know, so I'm still subject to a lot of that as well. I mean, and Mark, I think you could relate to this, especially like one of my, one of my ongoing struggles has been with regard to art, you know, and seeing myself as an artist versus a hack, something that I really defined myself as for a long time, because rather than create original art, I would take components of things that other people would create or, photographs and mash those together to create art and I always viewed that as being a hack versus an art form called mixed media or whatever and so I judged myself based on that and you know I would look at people who could draw or paint or whatever even though I've done all of those and done them well I still did not identify with that and it's been an ongoing thing for me that I'm thankfully working through finally really getting some headway on that and maybe once i've come out the other side there's this uh, a nerd unscripted that we're going to talk about at some point and i don't know when it is yet um but uh at some point we're going to talk about glass ceilings and what it means to bump up against those and how to get past them um I've hit multiple ones in my life. Some of them I've gotten past and one or two I have not. It's one thing to understand what's holding you back. It's another thing to know what to do about it. And um, so that's going to be a future discussion because that's where I am right now. But, um, you know, it could be anything. It may not, it doesn't have to be art. You know, I just, that popped into mind when I saw Mark's comment because Mark is an artist. And, uh, among other things, of course, <laughs> like we all are very diversified. Uh, Tony says politics don't go across different countries too well either. Some of us don't even care what the politicians are about. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Steve says uh, the diverse subjects and topics covered in Nerd Unscripted are much appreciated. Well, thanks, Steve. Um, and he also says, in many trades and parts, there is a male and female component. Um, so just how is that going to fit in with this new gender identity norm? Well, and my point isn't that there, you know, that there are some, some uh, areas where men are better suited than women. Like, I'm not talking about that. Uh, because that is reality. But like, um, 
you know, where we define certain roles as gender specific when there is no need for a definition like that. Like nurses should always be women, which obviously is not the case, but you know, it could be viewed that way or that a a woman's role is to do the cooking and cleaning and the men's role is to earn the bread and butter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's more what I'm talking about. Like, uh, there are some gender role, like one of the things that I've seen is where there are a lot of extremes in this day and age where the idea is taken way to the far right or way to the far left when the reality is that we need to be in the middle. Um, ultimately it comes down to, um, and I guess this really, uh, is a good summary of, of my personal position is that anytime you use a difference, whether it's gender, uh, race, skin color, belief systems, whatever, anytime you use a difference, something that's different from you to control, put down, consider less than, or whatever, to me, that's when you've stepped in the wrong direction. Because, you know, color of skin, I mean, has absolutely nothing to do with the person, other than the fact that that's the color of their skin. You know, it doesn't mean that if you're Jewish, you're less than any other race. It doesn't mean that uh, if you're a woman, you're less than a man. It doesn't mean that if you're a Catholic, you're more than or less than any other belief system. Oh, well, you're a Buddhist. Therefore, you are not somebody I would ever associate with. You know, that's just ridiculous to me. My religion is better than your religion. You know, those are the conversations that need to stop as opposed to how can we coexist in a way that supports each other? Like, that's what we need. And I know that, you know, that there are people that would take issue with me on that because they see their position is my way or the highway. Like, my way is correct, and here's why. Um, and I've been on both sides of that fence. You know, so I get it, but I just choose to no longer agree with it. Um, and Mark says, I too have the, I'm not ever going to be better than this or that famous artist. Then I kick myself and do my best. Well, and that really is it. Um, and, uh, yeah. If, if the outcome that we can achieve through this show is that each of you become a better version of you as a result, then my work is done. Because one of the reasons these conversations are important to have for me is so that I can become a better person. You know, I mean, that's really my goal. And I love the diversity of it all, the diversity of the discussions. Um, so anyway, we are at the top of the hour and, uh, I really appreciate all your sharing and input.
And William adds, uh, the and both paradigm supports coexistence. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and Tony sums it up. It's those people that think that there's only two opinions, mine and the wrong one, <laughs> are holding things up. Yeah, it's the exact same thing that William just said, just differently. There are no, there. it isn't just your opinion and, and everyone else who's wrong. Um, it really is, and both. <laughs> Steve said, I surprised and impressed many girlfriends when I was able and willing to vacuum. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Mark says, thank you again. You're all very welcome. Um, all right, so that's all that I have, folks. Thank you very, very much for joining me again today. Next week, uh, we will be talking, obviously, about something different. Not quite sure what. I have a couple different topics that I'm looking at. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they play out. But uh, until then, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and coming weekend. And we will continue the conversation next week.